There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Jill Schulenberg, regional president of GoDaddy, the world's largest services platform for entrepreneurs. Jill Schulenberg is an experienced business leader with a record of accomplishments in delivering revenue, profit, and customer satisfaction in multiple businesses. Jill graduated with an honors degree from the Ivy Business School and started her career in marketing at Procter & Gamble. She later moved into technology and held marketing, sales, and general management roles at Microsoft. In 2014, Jill joined GoDaddy as the first VP and country manager in Canada. In 2019, she was named GoDaddy's regional president for Canada, Australia, and Latin America. Also in 2019, Jill was named one of Strategy's 2019 Marketers of the Year. Jill, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. Hi, Rick. Good to be here. Great to have you. Let's start out by getting to know you a little bit. Tell us about your career journey and what led you eventually to GoDaddy. Sure. Well, I started out in consumer packaged goods. And for me, that was very relevant because the products just make sense. If you're doing hair care or shampoo, you could really relate to them. But after doing that for a while, I kind of hit a fork in the road. And I had this great opportunity to go into technology or to keep selling soap. Um, and technology really was attractive to me. So uh, I joined Microsoft and spent several years there working in a bunch of their businesses, including launching their online platforms and working on Windows and also being in sales. Eventually, though, I um, took some time off and then I was working for a small business consultancy. It was a startup. And a good friend and former colleague reached out to me to say that GoDaddy was looking for someone to start up their Canadian operation. Uh, I was interested because I've always been very passionate about helping out the small guy and small business and growing business in Canada. 
And the mission of empowering entrepreneurs entrepreneurs really resonated with me. I was a bit bit hesitant in the beginning because I'd spent a lot of time in large multinationals and was liking um, the more entrepreneurial spirit of a startup. But I knew the CEO and the head of international. And the more people I talked to and talked and talked to, the more it just felt like home. Fantastic. Let me just take you back to P&G for a minute. I mean, you, you, you made the, the remark about selling soap, but P&G is well known as an incredible finishing school for uh, graduate business students and a place that'll teach you the rigors of marketing and management. I'm just wondering if you found that. What, and, and, and if so, what did you learn there that you can share with our entrepreneurial audience, most of whom probably did not go to work for Procter & Gamble? Yes. Uh, when I joined, the Canadian company was still completely independent. We hadn't yet had globalization. So I'm not going to say what year I joined, but it was a while ago. Uh, we had all our own products, all our own advertising. Um, and in fact, uh, even Tide was different in Canada than the U.S., which I don't think is the case today. Uh, a couple things that I learned. Um, one, it helped me be a really good writer. Also learned how to position things, make a business art argument, and use data to support um, what the point I was trying to make versus just just opinion, um, bringing the data into the conversation. And did you win most of those arguments <laughs> using the data? I don't know. They were long arguments. But yes, data, I have <laughs> learned data tends to win. So always start with data and then add your judgment. Fantastic. So, I mean, so many entrepreneurs in Canada are self-taught and they're working on instinct. So I think it's interesting for them to know what 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 the business school grads got <laughs> that they didn't get. So there's a few things to, to work on. Um, and tell us a little bit about GoDaddy. Some of us will know it as a place you go to for domain names, sort of a one-stop shop to get on the web. Um, what is the mission that you see at GoDaddy? Well, our mission is really to empower entrepreneurs um, to democratize small business and make sure everybody is enabled to get their businesses online, sell online, manage online, and take on whatever task they want to do, whether it's you know communication or a charitable organization or a not-for-profit. We're about helping all those customers get their businesses or their passions online. Right. And once upon a time, GoDaddy was, you know, the, the real scrappy brand, kind of irreverent and uh, getting itself in trouble and not caring. Um, what is the brand today? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure how you distinguish yourselves from, you know, some of the other providers in the market. Yeah, I would say those, those days are behind us. I, I know to what you're referring to. We still do scrappy stuff in terms of some of our promotions one of the things we do, though, is we always work with local partnerships. So you may be familiar with our partnership with the Raptors over the last few years or a partnership with Andre DeGrasse um, in terms of sponsoring him. So for us, it's important that we work with local partners in Canada to demonstrate that we really get what the entrepreneurs here need. Right. Um, we all know that the pandemic has been pretty hard on entrepreneurs and a lot of them are doing more business online than ever. Uh, tell me what kind of tools or services or programs that GoDaddy's developed to help entrepreneurs online. Yeah, what we've seen is um, technology is increasingly important for small businesses. And certainly during the pandemic, being in contact with your customers was incredibly important. Think about how things have changed. I mean, 
now we can dine in restaurants, which I'm very excited about. But think of all the amazing restaurants that you can order in from now or or pick up great meals that you can make at home. So some of the things we've seen an increase on in are like online ordering, um, online booking, about 25% of businesses have added a website in the past year. And even though a lot of people think you need to sell online to have a website, that's that could be important for some people, but it's also an awareness and marketing tool. It's great to let your people know, your customers know when you're open for business, uh, when you're closed, uh, you can book your appointments online. Think of it as you're a hairdresser and you're with a client and you don't want to have to pick up the phone. If you have an online booking tool, someone can just do that automatically. So those are a bunch of the things that we, we've we got out there that can help um, small businesses get online. So I'm not usually good with statistics, um, but somewhere in the back of my mind, I have a number from a few years ago that said about half of Canadian businesses still weren't online. And now I've heard you say that in the past year, about 25% of businesses have actually gotten onto the web for the first time. Yeah, there's about um, about half the businesses, small businesses in Canada now have a website. And yes, going back a few years, it was much, much lower than that. But the pandemic has really forced a lot of digitization and the need to communicate, obviously not in a face-to-face -face means, but on in a digital way and in service methods like online shipping or pick up at the curbside, et cetera, which, you know, you don't want to be staying in your restaurant 12 hours a day if you're only going to be open for four hours to deal with your customers. I'm wondering if you have a qualitative feeling for the quality of websites that people are putting up. Often the first website you put up, you know, is, is really good for a 1998 website. Um, but, you know, as standards change and things get uh, uh, more sophisticated, uh, businesses have to change, too. So I'm wondering if the new websites we're, we're seeing in general, and we won't mention any names, but would you, would you say that they're, they're really good, high-quality websites taking advantage of whatever technologies are available today? Or are they really good bulletin boards and placeholders for what comes next? To me, it's pretty obvious if you have a relatively new website or an old website. Uh, you can usually tell to your comment if it's a bulletin board or it's a single page with a bunch of information that doesn't really seem to connect to each other. Uh, the other thing is we're seeing about 69% of the world's traffic is now on mobile. Uh, a lot of old sites are not mobile enabled. So if you're calling them up on your phone, which is what people like to do when they're out and about, uh, a lot of those sites look like gobbledygook. So if you're seeing that, it's probably a dated site. If it's displaying well on its format, then it's probably a more up-to-date um, site. If the pictures and content look current, uh, sometimes I go to sites and they have sales on from 2016. So Rick, your comment, it's important that you keep your content fresh because you want your customers to keep coming back to visit to see whether it's a, a special or a change in your menu, a change in your hours, which again, so much more important these times when uh, businesses are open for limited hours. Um, I've been a GoDaddy customer and uh, I was always impressed by the quality of the customer service when I called and asked for help. There were people there who sounded like they cared and would be very patient in leading me through things. I'm wondering if uh, if GoDaddy is... is, is doing a lot what, what what kind of work do you do to help make sure that people put up 
the Canadian small businesses put up the best websites, you know, that they can, given their resources and time available? Sure. Um, well, one of the things I'm most proud of is our customer care. Our guides are amazing. Typically, when I tell people I work at GoDaddy, the first thing they say is, oh, my God, I was talking to your guys yesterday. They're amazing. They were so helpful and they were so friendly. Uh, so we have a lot of guys and gals that are very technically savvy, but they also know how to speak to non-technical people. Uh, and so they're able to help you figure out how to add a, a photo to your website if you don't know how. They're able to steer you in the right direction. So perhaps you're not buying a too complicated solution for your situation. Or if you want someone to build your website as well, that's something we can do. Um, I think we're pretty unique in Canada because we are 24 seven uh, available to help customers, whether it's on the phone or on chat. And all of that's provided free from GoDaddy. Yeah. And I, I mean, I remember those, the, those early days when my kids were younger. So I got on the computer at like midnight to do these things and I would call customer service and there'd be someone there who was wide awake and happy to help. And it was, uh, it was a godsend. So I'm really glad that you're maintaining uh, that, that, that tradition. Let's talk a little bit about um, your experience in leadership because you're, running this company now. You're responsible for Canada and Australia and Latin America, and that's really exciting. Um, you've obviously managed a lot of people from a range of cultures and a range of disciplines. And I'm wondering what you've learned about managing and inspiring and motivating people that, you know, you think has been pretty special experience that other people may not have learned. Again, especially the entrepreneurs who've probably never taken a course and uh, or and may not have read a book about leadership. What do they need to know that you've sort of picked up over the years about leading teams? Yeah, and in terms of leading teams specifically, uh, I think it's important when you're hiring to look at the team dynamics. Uh, you know, it's really easy to hire people that are quote unquote just like me. But I often say to my team when they're hiring, you need to look for your yin to your gang. Uh, and that's not just a hard skill thing. That's also a stylistic thing and a diversity of thought, because we can end up hiring everybody with the same kind of background, the same kind of thinking, the same kind of discipline. But if we don't have diversity in skill set and lifestyle and experience, we really aren't representing our customers very well who are who come from diverse backgrounds. Uh, the other thing as a leader is, you know, I think people want you to be a clear communicator they want you to be consistent so they know what they can expect from you. And I think it's also incredibly important to be authentic. Being authentic helps you be trustworthy over time, which is critical to, you know, earning the respect from your team and going through those those tough, difficult times uh, as we have experienced most recently. Yeah. Can you give me an example of what you mean by being authentic? Was there a time when you had a choice of being authentic or being, you know, corporate and made a decision as to what you were going to be? Actually, that's one of the great things about GoDaddy. Um, we can actually have a little bit of fun with our jobs. Uh, corporate environment, when I started, was very serious and was all suits and very formal. Uh, GoDaddy is quite an informal culture. Uh, one of our CEOs was like, well, the more tattoos here, the better. Um, and so that kind of humanizes it. And so versus other large companies I've worked for, I feel I can be my authentic self and lead in a style 
that feels comfortable and natural and be completely transparent with my people. Very cool. Jill, I'm wondering if you can give us any examples of, whether it's from your experience at GoDaddy or elsewhere, how diversity in leadership actually helps make organizations more efficient, more effective. Uh, we know it's the right thing to do, but is it also the best thing to do? Well, there's hard data out there now. I, I won't bore you with the stats, but there was a recent report published that showed the share, res share performance results of companies that are re represented um, by a diverse population in their leadership team versus less diverse organizations. For GoDaddy, it's pretty important because our customers are pretty much everybody. We service, you know, large organizations, small organizations, people that are retailers, people that are restaurateurs, people that are plumbers and pizza makers. And it's important that your employee population reflect who your customers are. And so I've seen that show up in our product development and in terms of some of the research we do with our customers to make sure that they're able to use the products the way they would use them and function versus how sometimes us technical folks think they would work for them. And how do, do you as an organization, or maybe even you personally as the leader, how do you stay in touch with the market to make sure that, A, you understand entrepreneurs' changing needs, but also that you understand the needs of these underrepresented, traditionally underrepresented groups? Yeah, a couple of things. So, you know, every day we, we get customer feedback, um, both positive and negative. Uh, we also look at our monthly scores in terms of satisfaction, both on products as well as their experience with customer care. Uh, you had mentioned our, our support guides, and so they are probably the best source because they talk to our customers, hundreds of them every single day. So that keeps us current. And we have other listening mechanisms. For example, we have a customer council in Canada now that can advise us on some of the initiatives we're thinking about doing, how we're talking to our customers, where we should find them, and also giving us input in terms of product development. Cool. Can I ask who's on the council? Not not names and addresses, certainly, but, you know, types of people that uh, that you've put on the council? Yeah, all, a representative across Canada. So we've got um, a lot of the provinces and we definitely have east and west and central representation, a cross structure of businesses, a cross structure of, um, you know, gender and ethnicities. And so we're trying to, you know, create a little microcosm of what Canada is. That's very cool. I've always thought that having customer panels um, was an amazing thing for businesses. Most small businesses won't have them. But I think that in general, it's a fairly inexpensive tool for um, being able to develop a really uh, robust uh, communications channel with your customers. Can you tell us, is there anything you've specifically learned from the, 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 from the, the customer panel, that uh, the customer council that's helped uh, you refine the business? I think it's helped us with our communications in Canada, specifically how we're addressing the audience. Um, as we know, Canadians are different than Americans. Uh, our sense of humor is slightly different. Our approaches are a little bit more subtle. And so um, using that kind of input, we've made some ref refinements into our communication strategy. Very cool. Very cool. Now, you lead a team spanning three continents. So you're operating in many very different and unique markets. Can you tell us a little bit about 
that experience, uh, uh, what it's like running such a diverse operation, and what's your process for identifying the nuances in each market and the opportunities in each market? Yes. So my markets are quite different. Um, certainly the small business uh, environment in Latin America is very different than Canada or Australia. And certainly Latin America in general is very different. Um, economic factors come into play. Political factors come into play. Um, how they responded to the pandemic has been different. So a lot of um, local factors are really driving uh, business there. It's also a mobile first culture. So we tend to think of people being on PCs. Well, when the pandemic hit and we had to send our guides home to work from home, we had to buy a bunch of PCs because the majority of the population in Latin America is using a smartphone. It's about twice as many of them on a smartphone um, for small businesses than in Canada. The other thing is they're not quite yet as digital savvy. Uh, about 70% of Mexicans are actually online. So when we're working in terms of education, we have to start at a much more basic level, uh, talk about the benefits of being online uh, versus the cost and effort. We hire and staff in all our markets. So that's the best way for us to keep close to our customers. But we also have local uh, call centers in those regions too, so that people can contact us and get the feedback directly. I just got to say, um, how much fun is it to manage three different, three such different um, markets on three different continents? I mean, how much fun is that? Yeah, it can be. They all have their uniqueness. It's um, Australia sort of starts working when it's my night. So I meet with them at night. And when I come in in the morning, I have all these emails from Australia. So that's kind of the first thing I tackle. Uh, Canada's obviously on our time zone and Latin America for the most part. So I feel like my days are broken up by, by different countries, uh, different cultures as well. Uh, some of the things I've noticed in Australia that surprised me is a much more formal traditional culture. For example, while we would send holiday cards in Canada, you still send Merry Christmas cards in Australia. Um, and uh, there's just different nuances that we have to pick up on. Interesting, interesting. And uh, is there uh, any other geography that you have your heart set on? You want to take Europe, for instance? <laughs> yeah, well, um, I have had one person working in the UK, and I can tell you the time zone difference between the UK and Australia is pretty great. So, uh, no, I think I'll leave Europe in Europe for now. Um, <laughs> I'm not, not online 24-7. Right. If you could give advice to entrepreneurs on one way to improve their digital presence, like the, 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 the one thing that you wish more of them would do, what would that be? Um, I would say think about how you are um, marketing to your customers online. So are you marketing everywhere your customers are? For example, you know, can, are you publishing to your social media handles because some customers will be on social media? Are you publishing compelling content on your website? Are you looking at marketplaces like Amazon and eBay where other sales and other shoppers are located? So you really have to work to extend your reach and that's easier and cheaper in a digital presence than it would be, for example, than small businesses can't afford to do national TV advertising. So think about how you can reach more people online through your content. 
Fantastic. We're heading towards wrap-up, but I just want to ask you one more question before we go into the wrap-up question. And I got to ask, given the pandemic, the pandemic and uh, the changes that it's brought to business, um, what are the big changes that you think are likely to persist after, you know, eventually we get the pandemic in the rearview mirror and, and, and life returns to safety, but I don't know if it'll ever go back to normal. I think normal has changed. So what do you see as the sort of the, the, the persistent changes going forward as it affects uh, businesses? Yeah, I think digital is going to be increasingly important. Uh, I was talking to a colleague today, you know, a lot of people have moved places during the pandemic. And so remote working, and I would call it hybrid. I think one of the things we're, we're trying to figure out is how you work remotely and how you work together as a team for, for small businesses that really opens things up. And, you know, the old days you had to have everybody in the same city. Now you could have people across the country or even beyond working on your business and sharing it that way. Uh, I think shopping online is going to continue to increase. I think alternate delivery mechanisms like curb, curbside pickup and, doing things online. Um, I take Pilates and my Pilates classes right now continue to be online. And I think a lot of things are going to stay that way. Um, there's a convenience about that and there is a flexibility. And so I think people, one thing people have enjoyed during the pandemic has been a bit more flexibility and that's here to stay. Final question, Jill Schulenberg. At the end, towards the end of each podcast, I ask our guests if they have one last tip that they could share for our entrepreneurs uh, from their experience that the entrepreneurs can put into practice in their business right away. One really compelling final tip. Have you got one for me? Um, it sounds pretty simple, but have a plan and write it down. A lot of times when I'm talking to entrepreneurs, they have ideas, they have dreams, they have aspirations but they don't know how to operationalize that. So make sure you have a plan that has a target audience, someone that's gonna value what you're actually trying to sell them. Um, and that means more than you know your friends and family go out broader than that and see that there's interest in your, your product or idea. Make sure that your product is relevant and unique to your, pro to your audience you're trying to tar target. And then make sure you're reaching out to your customers. Don't expect them to come to you. Customers have told us if you want to be a serious business that you need to have a website, um, an Instagram page or Facebook, they're not enough. And so that needs to be complimentary. That needs to be a marketing tool to your website, but make sure that you are available, as I said, wherever your customers are so that their, your message gets to them. Exactly. All right. Jill Schulenberg, Regional President, Canada, Australia, and Latin America with GoDaddy. Thank you so much for sitting with, with us today. Thank you so much for the work that GoDaddy is doing to help Canadian entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in Australia and Latin America, because we support them too. And uh, we wish you continued good luck in your career. And we hope that all uh, entrepreneurs are going to take the online uh, digital world seriously and get more involved and use all the resources available to get better and better. Perfect. Thanks, Rick, for having me. Thank you, Jill. We'll talk again. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. 
Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.